this time on Holy Ghost Notes. Please don't make fun of me. So I, I look like Tiger King. It's like, is he sitting or is he standing? I don't know. I, why can't you do that? Why can't you do this? I'm just not as good at drums as you guys. <laughs> Yeah! Mm-hmm. That I... Yeah! Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Holy Ghost Notes Podcast. <laughs> my name's Tim Anderson. That was good. And Matt Greiner. How are you doing, my friend? Is that for real? Yeah, let's, let's just go with that. Nice, I like that. Okay, I thought that was a test run. I'm doing well. I, I like how excited you are for vacation. I can hear it. <laughs> you can hear it in my voice. I can I can hear it. It is tangible. Yes. Is it uh, contagious? No. No. Oh. Not everything is contagious. Definitely <laughs> vacation is one of those things that is not contagious. I, I'm i not going on vacation mm. next week. Well, I'm going on vacation to the Outer Banks in North Carolina, and uh, there's something else that's very contagious down there, so... <laughs> him <laughs> hoping I don't catch that yeah um no but uh, mm-hmm. enough COVID talk <laughs> I don't want to hear or talk about that anymore two seconds is too much <laughs> yes so what's what's <laughs> new with you my friend how how are you doing oh man I'm doing good I am like I said I'm not going on vacation but being home is is really nice honestly as we talked about I haven't been home this much in a a long time. Yeah. Augustman's Red's been so busy. We've been we've been really fortunate to be this busy for so long. Mm. And I think we're going on seven months now. Mm. No touring. I mean, we did three shows on the Killswitch tour, right. and then we we went home, but that doesn't really count. Um, so I've been able to find some stability and structure and get into a routine. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person that likes routine and I like structure. I like yeah. setting my alarm clock the same every single night, except for Holy Ghost notes nights yeah. when we go into the wee hours. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Case true. in point yeah. right now. <laughs> right now. Uh, yeah, I'm, do- I'm doing really well. Farming, farming's going actually really well this year. We've gotten a lot of rain recently. And so corn is about to be in tassel. Okay. It's an exciting week for farmers in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And, um, and then drumming's drumming's a lot of fun. I've enjoyed this business model of um, subscription-based Netflix of drum lessons, ten bucks a month, mm-hmm. creating content, contests, building a community. Yeah, it's been very rewarding. It's it's been a lot of work. You don't really think about how much work it's going to be yeah. until you get into it, and you you keep thinking of different ways that you can make it a better experience for um, drummers who are signed up. But I, I I like that kind of stuff yeah. because it, it all revolves around the thing that I like, which is drumming and teaching. That's great. You know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and you just recorded some new songs with uh, with ABR as well, right? Got into the studio. I did. Again. I can't talk, about, can't talk about what they are, but um, I recorded three songs with the band. And I'm writing right now for... Um, I'll be recording again this year. Nice. Actually. So the, the band's... The band is not touring, but we're taking this time to find ways to be creative and use, you know, this this downtime to benefit us months, you know, years yeah, down the road, yeah. new material and just sort of setting us up for the future when, when things return to normal. That's great. Or a sense of normal. Yeah. Sense of normalcy. That's great. That's, that's, that's awesome. And I think if there's one thing that... Um, 
at least the smart people are doing during this whole thing. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're not, not, not trying to call you <laughs> out, but there's a, there's a lot of innovation happening, a lot of people picking up um, new hobbies or teaching themselves new skills, getting things done. You know, I think it's I think it's wise to see a time like this not as um, a burden or as mm-hmm. something that we should Step just back. wallow in self-pity, but rather take this, embrace it, and make the best of it. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people coming up with uh, new ideas. And, you know, I mean, I've never been um, advertised masks more in my entire life. <laughs> you know, how many new mask companies are out there? You well, know, who... Yeah. who took up sewing during this time and, and started making a profit, you know, so, but there's, you know, there's a lot of people that are, are seeing this as a time to do something with their time and, mm-hmm. and, and make the best of it. You're one, you know, with uh, Matt Griner lessons, you know, you're killing it with, with your time. <laughs> so I'm trying, Yeah, I'm, I'm doing as much as I can with the time I have yeah. for sure. But that's, it's also what I enjoy. Yeah. It's not, I don't, I don't see being home as like, a disadvantage, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I feel for the guys who, uh, understandably really just struggle being at home when there's just not a whole lot to do. Yeah. I'm fortunate to have a lot, um, on my plate at home and to be able to create opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I just, I feel really blessed That's to good. have that opportunity and, um, we'll see. I mean, 2020 looks like it's just a big question mark. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not approaching that question mark with this sense of like wait and see. I'm looking at it as okay, question mark equals opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And until that question mark turns into an itinerary and a tour schedule and something more definitive as it pertains to the band, I'm just going to keep um, trying to get better at drums and continue educating people and trying to make the most out of it. Yeah, that's great, dude. And of course, I mean, during this time too, I mean, uh, at least we know, you know, we're still going to be doing this podcast. We have no problem social distancing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I wish we didn't have to social distance I wish we didn't have on this to. podcast. I wish we didn't have to. But uh, I wish we could do it uh, in the same room, you know, it'd, it'd be it'd be nice. But Zoom is Zoom is a nice feature. It's it's weird though, isn't it, that we didn't really do the podcast recording on Zoom until we realized Zoom was a thing, which happened because of yeah, because of all yeah. this going on. We're like, oh wait, we should use Zoom just like everybody else is. Yeah, that's true. And I think too, like like a lot of the guests that we've had come on the show, we might not have considered had we not all been in the same exact place of staying home and not touring or, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Um, so it's, it's interesting how, uh, even this podcast has kind of manifested from all this, but, uh, mm-hmm. speaking of, we just, you know, we just released Aaron's episode. Uh, by the time this episode actually comes out, it'll have been a couple weeks, but, um, because I'm leaving for vacation, we're rushing a couple episodes. Um, but we just had Aaron's episode. And, uh, for those of you who noticed, uh, I probably sounded like I was talking through a phone. <laughs> I apologize. Why was that, Tim? <laughs> why was that? Well, I we went through... So th- this is why, children, kids, you need to always <laughs> do a mic check. And by a mic check, I don't just mean check your level. I mean, like, record for a minute, 
go back mm-hmm. and listen to it, make sure it sounds good. Because I found out after recording our interview with Aaron Spears and then the intro and outro pieces that my mic cable was going bad. Um, and that's no bueno. I had to uh, mix out most of the frequencies that make my voice sound like a voice and um, <laughs> <laughs> because of the buzzing. Um, and uh, so I'm sorry for the terrible audio quality. Um, hopefully most of you didn't notice it. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's why it sounded a little different, <laughs> mm-hmm. a little more nasally and distorted and <laughs> annoying. <laughs> but, but, hey, it happens. Usually the best episodes are the ones that something goes wrong. In fact, before we even started oh, recording, man. your your stand broke. <laughs> I think, Fell <right>? apart, <laughs> hit the ground. We're like, this is going to be a good episode. This is going to be a great episode, and sure enough. Not even yeah. facetiously, like, no, this is actually going to be a good episode. Yeah. It always is. Yeah, yep, yep. And if you haven't listened to it, go uh, go listen to, after you're done with this episode, go back and listen to Aaron Spears' episode, because that was a good one. It's a great conversation. Mm-hmm. So, but... Uh, We've got a really good one for you today. Um, we were just, before we started recording, we were just uh, talking about uh, how I am three drummers into my top five drummers now. I don't know if you guys listened to the episode where we listed our top five, but um, I've hit Ar- Ash Stone, Aaron Spears, and you're about to hear Jonathan Thomas. Um, and for those of you that don't know Jonathan Thomas, um, he is a great dude, great drummer, um, and uh, he he is probably most known for his work with Ascend the Hill, um, which was a uh, kind of an indie worship band um, that toured around a lot. They were signed to a label called Come and Live, which was, um, I guess, kind of an arm off of Tooth and Nail for a little bit. Chad Johnson um, started that label, and... Uh, so yeah, we had a great conversation. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about it because I want you guys to hear it for yourself. But um, yeah, it was, it was a good one. Jonathan Thomas is a special guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we knew that before, but this is um, an episode where you're going to hear him speak candidly about his his faith, um, his approach to drumming, mm-hmm. and I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah. And I, I just want to throw this in here before we get into the interview. When I reached out to Jonathan to have him on the show, his response was, wow, really? <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably the only, possibly the only guest that will ever say that <laughs> when asked to be on the show. Um, but he's just such a humble dude. And um, if you haven't heard him play, go check out Ascend the Hill and go check him out on Instagram, Jonathan Thomas Drums. And uh, yeah, man, uh, I don't want to delay it anymore because these these guys got to hear this interview. It's awesome. So here he is. Enjoy, Jonathan Thomas. Take it away. Take it away.
Hey guys, we have a very special guest here. Uh, he is probably uh, an even better dude than he is a drummer, um, but uh, very pleased to have Jonathan Thomas, one of my top five favorite drummers, if you guys remember from an earlier episode. Uh, I remember. Yeah, been waiting to have this guy on for a while. <laughs> Welcome, dude. What's what's going on? What's new with you? Man, it's great to be to be here. I, I appreciate the the call and having me on. I, like I said earlier, I was completely blown away, dude. When you when you slid into my DMs with that, <laughs> with that question. Yes, that's what they say so, these days. That's what they yeah, say. That's, that's what, what the kids yeah. are saying. No. But yeah, uh, we have yeah, to man, stay relevant. You know? <laughs> But doing good out. Uh, I'm in Tampa, Florida. It's like 93 degrees, and it's it's awful. It was a beautiful day today. So, me and my wife we uh, we decided to do our taxes. Oh, so, yeah, to celebrate. You know, to to enjoy the day, we did our taxes. So that's right. I'm a little mentally. Out of yeah. it. Oh man! I've been staring yeah. at a computer screen. Before. Dude, you need this interview. This is therapy. This is true. Yes. <laughs> like, agreed. you need agreed. this interview. The listeners don't need you. You need this more than more I, than yeah. anything right now. One hundred. Wait, isn't isn't July fifteenth tax day? Yeah. It's, is it, that? That's Wednesday. I, I believe so. Yeah, it's oh, Wednesday. Man. By yep. the time you're yeah. listening to this. <laughs> That is in the past. I, if you if you're yeah. still waiting to do your may, taxes, yeah. <laughs> sorry. If you're listening, right. it's like, oh shit, I forgot to do my taxes. <laughs> right, right. I should bet I should do them. You already missed it. It's yes. too late. Yeah. Too late. <laughs> Watch too out. Late. Yeah. They're coming yeah. after you. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, how are you that's guys cool. doing? We're doing great. I'm doing great. I can't speak for Matt. You can. Matt's been over here doing Trump impressions, so <laughs> that's any indication. Surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly good. Surprisingly good. Yeah, surprisingly good. Surprisingly. <laughs> I'm doing well, man. I uh, I started a podcast so that I could talk and rekindle friendships with old friends that I haven't talked to in over a decade. Yeah. And this interview is included and not limited to that. So thank you so much for coming on our show. It's it's awesome to have yeah. you. And Dude, I'm happy to be here. I haven't yeah. talked to you in mm-hmm. forever, so we have a lot to catch up on. Yeah. But yeah. um man it's just it's it's great to have you on here the last time i saw you was on tour and i was just telling mm-hmm. tim we used to tour the, a lot with a band called life in your way <laughs> and yes do you remember james yeah alan right. james allen so i was yes. just telling tim that james allen used to talk to me about how i need to watch you play drums and he's like listen my favorite oh. drummers are jonathan thomas and you and i'm like all right guess who was standing there <laughs> when he said that his drummer. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. That sounds like James. That sounds like James. It's not okay, but it's James. It's a James move. So it's move. completely yeah, yeah. acceptable. So James Allen, if you're listening to this, um, <laughs> we still remember that. I'm sure your drummer. Uh, I'm sure your drummer <laughs> does too. Um, um, man, that's just that's uh, awesome. James. Those, good people. Man. Those are good memories. So, yeah. Yeah, thanks That's so much funny. for coming on. It's going to be fun to catch up. Yeah, yeah dude, I appreciate you. I'm, I, I, I uh, actually just rewatched your uh, Zildjian Live thing, man. Oh, oh nice. my gosh, freaking! 
<laughs> destroying it. You're talking about Sput right now and every member of Ghost Note. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. We'll give credit where credit's due there. But, dude, you killed yeah. it. Thank you. Killed it. That was so much fun. I um, loved it. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, dude. And just yeah. the. I mean, was that all shot in a day? Like, just everybody kind of went back to back? Or how did that. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, that okay. was shot, dude. That was shot in like twenty, as long as the song takes to play. Right. That's how. Uh, what is it like? A eight minute, six minute song, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, we shot it. We did one take. The rehearsal was the day before, so yeah. I I went out there like fully prepared. I mean, you know what it's like playing with dudes like that when you're playing with the upper echelon of musicians. Yeah. You don't go in. I don't I don't go into stuff like that not prepared no. and yeah. I, and I also know that that culture thrives on like improving and I don't I think you're a little bit more like that. I think you I think you have the ability to do that but I just I that's not my moment. So I went out there fully prepared knowing other drummers had never even played the songs that but said them. <laughs> and so I wanted wow. to leave as much time for them as possible so I wasn't getting in their way. And so we did the run through on Monday, the rehearsal, and Sput yeah. finished the song. And Sput's like, "All right, that was fun. All right. Let's let's do it again." Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's know? great, man. Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. So good. So good. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. So, uh, so we met. I, I don't even know if you remember this, but we met back in the Ascend the Hill days um, at a. It was actually a, a backyard show in my Ooh. area, New Jersey. Um, I don't know if you remember the Nusser's house? house. Yeah. It was, well, yeah, Peach was living there. Yep. yep. Okay, okay. And, uh, and so that was the first time I met you in person. Um, and then I felt like, well, it was you. I think you guys were on tour with um, another band, Jedediah's band. Um, Ember Days. Ember Days. That's right. Yeah. You guys were on tour with them for a while. And then we just kept running into each other. Like everywhere we went for the next two months, because I was doing stuff for Brick by Brick, which was a, a, a ministry that Matt and I put together. Um, and then so we were at Purple Door, and then you guys were at Purple Door, and I think you guys okay. came to a Sunday morning service at my church. So I ran into you guys there, and it was like one of those weird, like, are you stalking me type right, deals, right, you know? Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but man, I was so blown away. It was the first time I saw you play live, and. Yeah. Um, Pretty much since then, you've been one of my favorite drummers. It, you were just pulling stuff out that was beyond what I could comprehend at the time, but so tasteful and so much like it was giving the song exactly what it needed. And and um, thank you. So, man. so I I know you. Matt knows you. Um, our listeners might not. So tell us a little bit about about you, about your drum journey, um, about what ah. you're up to now. Uh, Okay. Um, well, like most most guys that you talk to, I, I started playing in church, you know, um, when I was 13. Um, yeah, I went to a youth camp and a guy was... Pl I've always banged on stuff, you know, and even um, being in church and si standing up on the pews, remember pews? Uh, <laughs> like... Like I would just, I would just be beating on them to the music, not really knowing yeah. what I was doing, but you know, the rhythm was there. Um, and it just, it, it took off from there and, um, did drumline in high school, hmm. studied some jazz, um, at a few different 
universities, and I say a few different because I just never finished uh, <laughs> at any one of them, you know? Yeah. Um, school wasn't my thing, but uh, anyways, so yeah, man, I just started gigging and and did the, the cover scene here and really got, um, I linked up with this gospel uh, worship leader at a church and the band there, the two of the members, Peter Mungaya, who's a guitar player and Sam Martinez, a bass player, kind of really took me under their wing. And dude, I honestly learned more from them on just, you know, being in the moment and listening and how to react mm. musically mm-hmm. and, and all that musicianship type of stuff. Mm. Um, I yeah. learned more from them than um, all the various semesters at school, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So uh, let's see. Did the gigs. Actually, how I got involved with this in the Hill was a mutual friend um, of Joel, the lead singer. He was doing, uh, there was a big revival down here in Lakeland, Florida, not too far away. And Joel was doing some of the services. He needed a drummer. And so uh, the mutual friend connected us. And I started playing playing with them for just these services before it was anything, you know. And it just felt good. It felt right. Um, yeah. And Joel booked a, a conference up in the Northeast somewhere. And I, I was in a cover band at the time that it was like impossible to get a sub for. They were just like, you you know, this music is rehearsed. Yeah. You 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 can't we can't not have you. So if we have a gig, this is where your commitments uh are. Mm-hmm. And Joel was like, dude, if you want, we have this week, two week run cuz he he planned a trip on the way up and then, you know, some shows on the way back. I was like, if this is a god thing, I'm going to make this call right now. And he's gonna the the manager's gonna let me go. And I called and kind of phrased it like, "Hey, I'm gonna need uh, two weeks off, you know, a month from now." And he was like, "Yeah, cool, whatever. Just you know, find me a guy, fill in, and and we'll be good." And I hang up the phone. I'm just like, "Oh my gosh, what's you know?" And that was kind of the start of of us in the hill and um, uh, that that part of the journey, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, That's awesome. So yeah, man talking about just talking to you brings back so many memories there's one memory i have of being on tour with life in your way and we were playing in this venue i have no idea where it was but i remember watching you play and then afterwards we were hanging out man just it, it's over a decade ago feels like forever yeah, but yeah. it it makes me think about the style of music that ascend the hill um performed and and played at a at a high level and mm. As I was thinking about this interview this morning, I was I was thinking, you know, what what is it that um, that Ascend the Hill did differently? We had seen a lot of bands on tour over the years, and yeah. Ascend the Hill is one of those bands that just sort of stands out a decade later. And so I started thinking about this. The guy I started August Prince Red with, um, he played bass. His name's Jordan, and I remember being on the farm and, and Jordan saying to me, "You know what, dude?" We should start a church. And the music, the like the worship music for the church should be hardcore, like heavy metal. <laughs> like we <That's> should actually <laughs> have heavy metal. Right. He didn't say heavy metal. I, I'm saying that, but he said hardcore. Yeah. Hardcore screaming, like full blown 
take a worship song and make it heavy. And we both kind of laughed about it, like, oh, that would never happen. Right, And, of right. course, it's, it's, it's far-fetched. You know, obviously, it's a far-fetched idea. But Ascend the Hill did do worship differently than, this, than the status quo. What, what's your take on worship today, and where do you think it needs growth and improvement based on your, the concept of worship, how it is today, how it's been for a while, how it's progressing and the trajectory that it's on? Obviously, Ascend the Hill was doing something over a decade ago that was different. Mm-hmm. So where do you think worship is today, and where do you think it needs to maybe take some notes from other genres or from some other ideas in seeing growth and creative potential and improvement? Dude, what a question. My goodness. <laughs> I mean, there's... There, there's uh, I mean, that could be the whole conversation in and of itself. I was just going to say, let's just talk about that for the rest of the episode. Yeah, right? dude. Well, um, yeah, I mean, we I talk mean, about I'll just jump yeah. off. Yeah, I'll just say some things that are off the top of my head, but because, um, man, I've been thinking about this, honestly, in my own life and journey, just like um, so some of it's fresh and some of it's not well thought out. So, um For what that's worth, (laughs) I, you know, I don't really like listening to much worship music these days. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I guess I go through like to use that word seasons of where I just I need something. I need that synth pad laid down. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like (laughs) yeah, that just. You know, calms my my, yeah, my spirit. But I like um, the synth it's, pad. It's nice. It's nice. It's nice. Um, <laughs> it's nice. But, so I guess <laughs> I guess there's like two sides to it. You know, like what do I miss when I'm playing worship, and what do I miss when I'm like on the other side of it? You know, when I'm mm. listening, and mm. I've noticed when I'm playing or when I think about you know what else do I want to do what kind of group do I want to play with again I I don't um I can't think of anything Hmm. and I I'm totally not um it sounds weird to say but I I really miss um this doesn't sound weird to say but um whatever I just miss how we flowed Mm -hmm. you know where it had some it, it had some edge it was allowed to get heavy and intense and that type of emotion wasn't um shied away from and i was very i was free in with my musical choices like i i played way too many notes <laughs> compared to what's on any worship record today you know what i mean like i play way too many notes but it but it just you know, it only worked because that's the environment, like it was that setting, you know? Mm-hmm. If I go and play at a church today and try to do that stuff, it's like, no, dude, that, um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, have you tried so that? It, that do, I, do you I have, dude, I have the worst embarrassed, <laughs> most embarrassing story. Oh, like, I want to hear this. The, uh, we all want to hear I, this. I, this I played, is good stuff. <laughs> I play, play for this church. Um, and this was, back in the Send the Hill days, but, you know, would be home and I'd kind of play different places. 
and it was a bigger church. It paid well, and it was a gig that I wanted to keep, you know. And I and I have friends that are in this band, so it should be like not hard for me to get a repeat call. Um, and I, I get I get the call, so I go and I play, and I don't hear from them for years. <laughs> Years and now I, I I talked to the MD several years later and he's like yeah dude the even the percussion player he told me hey tell uh tell the drummer he got the gig already man he doesn't need to keep working for it because I would just play <laughs> so many notes like I was trying to you know impress somebody yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so yep, anyways yep that's I, how that's why we like metal because in metal if you're not doing that it's like dude you are. You right. need to. What's you need to? What's wrong with you? <laughs> like everything right, right. is sixteenth <laughs> notes. Everything. Right. That's right. the baseline. Yeah. Then you jump to thirty seconds, and now 30 you're seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I disagree but, with that sentiment, though. I, I, I know what you're saying, but the thing that people like about the thing that people liked about Ascend the Hill is that you guys had a message that everyone could relate to. Everyone had heard the message in church before, sure. and they said, "Oh, I like this message." This resonates with me. I believe this. And then underneath of that was this creative credibility, which was like, these guys are actually doing this the way they want to do it. And they're excelling right. at it in their own way. And even though it's yeah. like choppy and you were doing gospel chops when, when I wasn't seeing anyone on tour doing that, you know, and most of the people in the room had no idea what you were doing or maybe even that you were there because that's just sort of the way it goes. But Joel and just the, the whole the whole you know unified band was doing something that had authenticity and i think yeah, that mm -hmm. to downplay that would be a disservice to uh anybody that's playing music with like a conviction you guys had conviction with the way yeah. that you played mm -hmm. and i think i think people admired that about you and i think to your point about you know overplaying i think that 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 is something that should be talked about in church for sure because obviously that's pointing more towards you instead of the point of worship which is obviously not us but um i would encourage you if you're listening to this to maybe stretch your parameters a little bit and check out ascend the hill and check mm -hmm. out check out what that kind of worship sounded like or sounds like because i think maybe we all need a little bit of stretching from time to time and ascend the hill was did just that i think yeah yeah well, I could say for me, I mean, it was worship that I needed in a time where I just had such a distaste for worship music. Right. You know, like I wanted to listen to worship music, but I couldn't listen to that same synth four chords <laughs> synth over and over and over again for two hours. You know, it was like, yeah. and you guys just brought this refreshing take on worship and, and it was fulfilling and it was musically interesting. And, you know, it was just, yeah, it was awesome. Thank um, you. Thank you, man. Yeah. I, and I, I, I miss the, the flow, you know, the openness that, like, we'd have some structure for sure, but it was like there was freedom for us to, um, just flow worship. with the spirit and yeah. worship. Like, if if, like, stuff that I I would play, the goal was that it was like it was coming out of me. You know what I mean? It, it was mm -hmm. true worship, um, even if it was a bunch of notes, you know? Yeah. Were the um, songs structured, sort of, and then you guys would just 
Yeah, seriously? So, 100, 100, See, yeah. it, it didn't so, sound like that at all. It was like, as I was watching, it's like, oh, they've played it this way every single time. But you're saying it wasn't like yeah. that. You would just improv your way through parts. I'm sorry. I thought um, I was agreeing with a different part of your question. Yeah, it was structured until a certain point. Okay. And then it was free game. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. Uh, I that's awesome. It. But I, I think, you know... <laughs> As far as the authentic thing um, in worship these days, man, that that's uh, that's interesting. You know, when you when you have a band too, maybe this is another factor. When you have a band that's together, a unified group, that you're doing the, honestly, you're doing the same songs all the time, right? Even mm-hmm. if they are worship songs, you you're a lot more on the same page. You're unified. You're um, your eyes are off the page, if you will, mm-hmm. of looking at the music because mm-hmm. you know it's so digested. Right. Mm-hmm. Your mind and heart's able to be kind of in a different spot than just making sure you get this or that, you know, transition. <laughs> yeah. um, so that that's probably a, a a different aspect than what happens normally on Sundays at any given yeah. church. You know, mm-hmm. um, I know then what happens to me when I get a like I just played at a different. Um, at a church this Sunday um, which I normally don't I'm at the same church every Sunday but anyways um, I hadn't played these songs before so it was to engage um, on a deeper level than what I was playing just than what I was playing not that that necessarily needs to happen Mm. for the record but Mm -hmm. to to, um, engage in my heart a little bit different I wasn't really able to do because mm-hmm. I'm just I'm I'm focused on nailing, you know. Sure. Yeah. So playing the song right. Yeah. Okay. So muscle memory. So with with so with the send the hill, you guys had this ability to just play the songs you played them a whole bunch of times, and that gave you freedom to play from this place of maybe the Holy Spirit's leading you, maybe it's just this newfound creativity. Do you feel like right. a lot of worship bands today that are playing because they don't have that luxury of, oh, I've played the song 150 times this year. <laughs> that that right. that that um, that it could, it, it it could be an advantage to know the song so well that you could sort of sit back and maybe let the Holy Spirit work through your playing for God's glory. I, I, or do you think yeah. that maybe there's more freedom in going into it as a proficient musician? having never played the song before and just seeing where it goes. Oh man, there's probably good things about both of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I think more definitely knowing the song. I mean, if I compare it to what we had, we knew the song, but we also knew each other. We knew what, you know, we could, we could have a musical conversation or music, you know, we could engage with each other right. and we, we trusted mm-hmm. each other. And, and I, it got to the point as everyone um, knows, and if you've experienced this, you don't have to look at the other person mm-hmm. for like when, when we're going to drop down out of that, that uh, intense moment to just kind of mm-hmm. something soft. Like it's just, we all know it's coming here, even though it's, uh, you know, 16 bars later than normal or 32, mm-hmm. cause you're just flowing, you know? Right. Um, that type of that type of thing. I think churches 
definitely today experienced that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like um, only reserved for the same four guys or five guys in a band. Um, I don't know, man. There's this the. It's so nuanced with those two, yeah. the, the two sides two of what you said. Yeah. 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 So sticking on the, on the church topic, I think this is a really interesting uh, direction. <laughs> um, so you, uh, so in, in Ascend the Hill, you, you obviously played at a bunch of different churches all around the country, a bunch of different venues, festivals. Um, how has that influenced your perspective on the big C church and for those of you listening that I, I mean that by not just your hometown church or like a group of people that meet at the same building every Sunday but the church as a whole the big C everybody that makes up the body of Christ uh, <laughs> how has seeing different churches how they function how they operate how they treated you as the worship team leading worship for them how has that changed your perspective on the church mm. Um, it's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think, man, like the, the more I can reflect on those times and that's its own conversation, but the more I can do that now, I can just say that people are funny and people, (laughs) they're different, man. You know, like, yeah. it's it's interesting it's it's in different cities but it's in different you know countries for sure but it's in it's in the same city just down the street like Mm. saturday i played at one church that was super charismatic like all all flow sunday i was in um a church that was like okay this we all know that worship is going to be 17 minutes and 14 seconds long you know (laughs) and yeah, yeah. It, it is just, it is almost like culture shock. Yeah. But I think it's just trying to be objective as possible is is something that I'm I'm learning now, and to not deem one as good mm. more so than the other. You know, good or evil. Yeah. Or um, there's there's they're serving different roles, if anything. Mm. Yeah, you know, right. Um, where I, you know, the question then quickly for me moves to where do I stand with it? Mm. You know, there you go. What do mm-hmm. I, what do I, uh, what do I believe? What do I take from this? What do I take from that? What should I not take from this? Because that, <laughs> you know, or what should I not take from that? Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I guess the overview answer is. The church is weird, just like people are weird. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a hodgepodge, man, mm-hmm. and yeah. weird, weird in a good way. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's um, it's a colorful thing. It's like, yeah, I like that. I like that. So to put you on the spot, how does how does that um, affect your faith, or what does faith look like for you now? You're not playing in Ascend the Hill. You're not. You're you know. You're playing on your worship team at church occasionally. Um, how, how has that gotten you to where you are now? Um, 
Dude, that is a, its own conversation. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I'm lobbing these at you, man. No, it's great. It's great. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> it's great. I, uh, I think for me, um, my relationship with God, my relationship with Jesus is hugely important um, and is an everyday thing. My faith is, is very important to me. Um, but for me, it's, it's an interesting, uh, interesting faith, I guess an interesting, uh, from the outside, it could look weird. Um, I deal with something that's called scrupulosity. I don't know if you guys know what that is. It's, um, can you spell that for us? (laughs) (laughs) Scrupulosity is actually, it means the inability to spell confusing words. Um, By definitional. but yeah, but <laughs> um, well, hold, wait, hold on a second. That's that's yeah. let's just do something fun here. Tim, can you guess what that word means? Oh boy! Oh my gosh! Uh, actually, I thought Jonathan's definition was accurate. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think he was joking for the first few seconds there. <laughs> so sorry, Jared. no, it's good. It's good. Um, scrupulosity is a form of OCD that is uh obsessed with scruples so like your scruples are like moral morals and stuff like that so um how that affects how you know ocd everyone under, uh knows the typical obsessive compulsive stuff like washing your hands or mm-hmm. you know locking a door a bunch of times for me my compulsion typically is to go pray is to go try and um, do a lot of these things that on the outside seem very uh, religious and pious and good, but for me, they come from kind of a, a weird place, huh. right? Um, so trying to – I didn't know a lot of that when I was in Ascend the Hill. I, I didn't know – I knew something was off, but I, I would just feel like – I mean, dude, there were times when we would – be doing worship and this is kind of getting candid but like we'd be we'd be playing and i'm doing my best to just worship and even in that statement alone you can kind of see the problem um Hmm. it's like what do you mean doing your why are you trying you just there is no try you just do um but but like so Oh, I remember one time specifically, I was I, I was just in it so much in my head, you know, that after we got done, dude, I, I, I mean, it's a church service too. We, boom, we play the last note and I run straight to the bathroom and I'm just like in tears because I'm so occupied in my mind. You know, faith was, um, and things of the spirit were so important, but it was on a compulsory mm. level. So it got pretty heavy. Um, often and pretty, pretty unhealthy. So I've had to learn how to navigate that um, throughout the years, mm. man. And so my mm. faith journey is like really just that. Was and some 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 days I'm good at it. Some days I'm not. You know, like ups and downs. But that's kind of wow, yeah. That's kind of my my relationship with God in a nutshell. It's just like, dude, I take it day by day. And, and I'm trying to, you know, get closer to him, but also doing, uh, I'm very conscious of 
that I've thought things were healthy when they weren't healthy. You know, hmm. it's not okay to pray for eight hours a day. Hmm. You know, you don't need to fast. You don't need to do a 40 day fast or whatever every two weeks, which doesn't make sense, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. um, so <laughs> the math doesn't really work out. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So my, my faith journey is, is a little, uh, a little different, um, yeah. and, and challenging at times, but I know God is good. I know Jesus is, is, um, I, I take, I rest more in the fact that he is so much more real than my ideas of him or any sensory experience I can have. He's, he's beyond that. He's more real than that. So I don't need to rest in those things. Even if, if things yeah. are confusing, okay, he's bigger than that. He's, he, he it's all good, you know? And that's, yeah. that's kind of where I'm at right now, man. Um, I try to spend time with him every day and not let it become too much of a, of a, <laughs> Not occupy too much space, mm-hmm. honestly. Sure. Um, yeah. But if somebody said that, like, I try not to give God too much space, it'd be like, dude, what? That doesn't, that doesn't sound right, <laughs> you know. But for me, that's kind of the uh, the healthier thing that I can mm, do. That's great. It's yeah. very that subjective. I mean, yeah. here's the thing: Jesus was was the greatest counselor of all time. He would he, yeah. he would ask a question to, if he were to be standing face to face with you, and you were to say, "What do I need to do to follow you?" his response to you would be so different than what it would be towards me or towards Tim or someone listening. Because if, if my, my walk with God is so different from yours, that the idols in my life are different than the idols in yours. And he needs to counsel that out of us and direct us towards Mm -hmm. what's important so that he's the one standing in front of us, not these other things. And so as I hear you talking, I hear a lot of good coming out of your mouth. Actually, I know that it's been difficult at times for you. But yeah. I think it can be helpful to a lot of our listeners in just realizing that everybody has a different way of handling their faith. And for you, as it turns out, it's not like it is for mm-hmm. me. It's not like it is for them. It's so yeah. different. And as you look at what Jesus said to people, it's it's shocking. I You were talking just now, and it just made me think of Jordan Peterson, who's... Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, you're familiar with Jordan Peterson. Okay. Absolutely. So yeah. what he doesn't like being asked, are you a Christian? It, <laughs> right, it, right. It's really unsettling to him. And I, I feel like some of the the notion that, that he has in his response to that question, it, I hear a little bit of, in, of it in you. And it's something we talk about on the show pretty often. Tim and I talk about this all in wonder. There's no of course I am about being a Christian. There's just right. not. Yeah. It's it's an impossibility to say, well, of course I'm a Christian, because obviously that points towards this fact that <laughs> right. you've done something to merit this, to warrant right. this salvation. Mm-hmm. And your response after playing a worship set with your band, where, as you said, you're trying to worship God, attempting, s- struggling, battling, working towards that, is to go and just break down in tears and almost think to yourself, have I done enough? I think that there's right. truth in that. And I think that we all have a lot to learn from that. How can it be that we have been given salvation? How can it be? I, I mean, there's, there's no other response that I, I see fitting other than that. 
if we look at the Bible, what does it say when someone meets God? The person that gets in is the person who says, there's no way I deserve that. But if it's true, then forever and ever and ever, I will follow you. The person who doesn't get in is the person that says, well, of course. They finish playing the show, the worship set, and they sit there and they sort of, you know, sit up straight and look around. And I mean, this is kind of, I feel like I'm more in that category, honestly, just talking about being candid. I'm the dude sitting there like, all right, do what I need to do. Feel pretty good about myself. I yeah. mean, I think Dude, I think no, I'd, I'd rather be the guy in the bathroom breaking down as as much as it, no. it hurts. You know, I, it's well, th- and that's that's the thing. Like, and when I talk about this um, randomly, it it can sound like it, it's tough because the 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 bad things, the unhealthy things, sound like good things, but they're unhealthy because uh, you know not the things of themselves but the motivation behind them you know mm-hmm. um so it looks pious but it's not pious yeah i like that you know it mm-hmm. yeah and that's 100 percent so, true your motivation where where is your heart in it yeah where it's coming from and you know right. that and yep. i don't but from the outset i think we all have a lot to learn from that i really do Absolutely. i think th- i think there's so much to learn from that yeah and i think too like you know like worship isn't it's not as simple it's not a simple subject just to say worship music and everyone understands automatically what worship music is because it's like there's so many purposes for it you know even biblically speaking you know it talks about uh there's you know there's praise there's like thankfulness you know there's praising god for who he is and and what he's done and um there's i mean if you look at the psalms that's worship david's literally crying out asking god why (laughs) that is worship there's like battle like they worship in battle you know it's like so when i like i've been in worship services where i literally felt like i was in a battle yeah you know whatever was going on in that room i was sensitive enough to it to know like this is not just a fun good old worship service at a church you know this is this is war you know so like i think um I think your experience is, um, well, you know, first off, thank you for sharing that because it's, I think it's so relevant to probably what a, what a lot of our listeners have experienced. Um, and it's, it's very relevant to what we talk about quite often, which is, you know, it might look good. You know, that's, that's, that's what we've seen the problem with religion is, right. is that it, it, it looks good, you know, it follows the rules, but at the end of the day, it's what Jesus fought he came and he broke down the pharisees he broke down you know he was in constant battle with the, with what the law was saying because <laughs> it's not what it's about it's not about the law it's about relationship it's about what jesus came to do but anyway yeah. i'm stealing the i'm stealing the conversation oh no, it's great, it's great. <laughs> don't want to go down yeah. that hole <laughs> so uh, jonathan uh, growing yeah. up getting old <laughs> if you want to say it's, it's been a long time since i've I've seen you since we've talked. Lots happened between then and now. What What do you yeah. wish someone would have told you as a teenager back when you started to send the hill? What do you wish someone would have told you then that you know now years and years later? Oh, man. Something that I'm still learning, that it's okay to be you. Hmm. Hmm. And that, that that is for me. That, that's not necessarily for everyone. You know, like, uh, 
that that's and I mean that in the sense of why I wish that I would have known that before is that so that I would stop trying to be someone else mm. meaning like mm. be holy be perfect I can't have this desire because you know I used to like every action used to have to be deemed okay by God mm -hmm. in order for me to do it mm -hmm. because my desire you know that's what the core belief of thinking that what I want isn't okay you know mm. um, and it, so yeah I wish I would have known that years ago that's great I can relate to that yeah one hundred percent. That's great. That's a good answer. So I guess uh, we'll bring it back to drums for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so you play drums. Um, yeah. So you play I drums, play, right? Play a little uh, bit. Yeah. Play a little bit. <laughs> what uh, you know? So right now, you know, uh, what what's the newest, coolest, favorite thing that you've been learning or or messing around with on the drums? Okay. So two things. Um, and this, I don't know, you guys might not think this is cool, but for some reason, posture and uh, ergonomic-ness, uh, whatever, is like been my world right now. I'm, I'm just learning that I sit way too far back or forward on the, the stool, learning how to get my weight just, and I know Matt, you know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about because you're... <laughs> I wish I had your posture, dude. Like, yeah. Jonathan, yeah. please don't make fun yeah. of me. At least on our no. show. Wait till afterwards. <laughs> My God. <laughs> oh. It's like, is he sitting or is he standing? I don't know. <laughs> I think those things are cool. Tim, do no, you think I, those things are cool? They're, they're, yeah, they're pretty nah, good. Yeah. Tim doesn't but, think so. I do. Tim's just... But, dude... This this is this is how I drive. <laughs> right, right, right. So if you can't about if you can't see what Tim just did, you need to see yeah. it. It yeah. will be a meme. Yeah, go and watch us on YouTube. Just for that. Flailing is the word. I flail. Yeah. That was my goal learning drums though. I was like, how do I make this as look as hard as it possibly could look? Travis Parker. <laughs> How far right. how far up can I get my cymbals and my hi-hats? Right. I've lowered them a lot in my old age. I like that, age. though. I think uh, you look cool. But, uh, I mean, Travis Barker looks awesome you. when he plays. Is it is <laughs> that does. motion as... Is it necessary? No, yeah. of course no. not. No, no, no. It's not necessary at all. But it does look it's, cool sometimes. It's sort I, of, I just, yeah, it's sort <laughs> of like Tiger King. Like, Tiger King was 100% <laughs> a waste of time and 100% must-see. Like, you yeah, need you to see that, watching. but it... Yeah. No, you shouldn't yeah. watch it. It's completely yeah. worthless. Like, yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah, you should. You have to see it. I mean. You have to see it. Please watch it. <laughs> so I, I look like Target King. That's what we decided here. <laughs> less criminal. Less criminal. <laughs> less a little less criminal. Yeah. Uh, but yes. But what I'm doing yes, is you not do. Crime, Dude, I just yeah. I like that stuff because when I when it clicks, like I'm able to play the stuff that I want. That's why I just I yeah. think it's so cool. Um, so, so besides that, uh, a buddy of mine, Matt Pointer, who's a local drummer, he plays for this um, kind of pop reggae band called uh, The Hip Abduction, and I'm not—I didn't try to or intend on plugging his band, but there it is. Um, <laughs> they're awesome. Go check him out. He's—he's <laughs> he's a phenomenal drummer. Um, but he passed along this exercise to me. I think it's some version of what Benny Greb has done, but he's playing groups of five 
between his kick and his left hand. Nice. That sounds and like then, Matt Garska. Right. Yeah. And then kind of doing um, some set rhythms, groups of accents in five, accents in three, and accents in seven nice. with his right hand. That's awesome. Um, yeah. While keeping that. that, you know, ostinato between the kick and the left hand. And I've just been digesting that for a little bit. And it's, it's mm. I love, and I haven't done independent I stuff like that. I like that stuff too, dude. That's what lights me up. Yeah, the man. Thomas Lang stuff. Yeah. Like the uh, dude, it, kick, snare, kick, snare, snare, kick, snare, kick, snare, snare, group in a five. And then you do like. Right, right. Yeah. And I can't do it. Four hours later. I love it. Yeah, exactly. But that's that's kind of what I've been nerding out on lately. That's cool. I like that. That's great. What what is something that everybody listening to this should, should try to should try to work on at home or should try to expand their parameters with is there something that in your in your drumming career that when you found it or when you practiced it it really just like blew open a new new horizon for you um there's a couple of those yeah honestly but the subdivision scale okay and like you know like the scale c d e f g ABC, but the subdivision scale, so you, um, it's the way that the whole note is divided, right? The subdivisions. Mm -hmm. And so you go up through that, um, learning those and then certain, doing certain exercises with those so that you're hearing the off beats and what you end up doing is getting an awareness of the space between what you play so that you play what you're playing more intentionally and more on because you hear the space in between those notes mm. um, evenly. And, and man, that those exercises, various exercises with that has really helped me. Um, I think Jojo Mayer has some that um, that deal with that. Yeah, he's pretty That's, good at drums. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's okay. He should come out with a DVD or several. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so playing into that, this is something that I... I want to know from you in particular because we we kind of okay. we have a lot in common as far as our career when we started playing our touring history and just I, I think our our outlook on drumming in particular. So let's create a, a strictly yeah. hypothetical scenario here. Let's say you were starting to play drums today, like today. Starting, yeah, yeah. You were just picking up sticks for the first time. Yeah, just 2020 during COVID. Just imagine that picking <laughs> up know. picking up sticks. <laughs> you want to try this thing? You've never played drums before, <laughs> and you you go on. Let's say you go on YouTube, and you're like, "All right, drum lessons," and you see Drumio, and you see Mike's lessons, and all these great educational resources at at literally the tip of your fingertips, like. Right, they're right. just all right there. You push enter, and you have access to all these free lessons. And then for very cheap, you can learn anything. Right. How do you think it would affect you differently having those resources available to you, so readily available to you, if you started wow. today versus like you know had we let's say we went back and we right. look at how right. we learned. What What do you think it would have done for your drumming? positive or negative hmm. have you thought about Dude, that at all i have not thought about that and that is a great question um i think positively 
like think about it like um I just had a baby girl, right? Congratulations. She's two and a half, almost three months, thank you. And she uh she will know how to use an iPhone perfectly <laughs> yeah. by, before she's one years old. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. th- there's there's a positive side to that somehow. Yeah. Like she's using different parts of her brain that and she's more skilled, she's more technically analytical, um yeah trained as a young age than I was, you know? So I think there's in the same way, all that information, like the new generation is getting affected yeah, for sure in such a, in a positive way because of all that information out there. Boundaries are getting pushed for sure. Um, but I think a negative side, like, and I'm a, I'm a drum teacher and I teach beginners, so I don't want to shoot myself in the foot here. Okay. But I wouldn't want to start any different than I did, which was turn on a Fred Hammond CD and just jam to mm-hmm. it and just listen and try to mimic what I hear, mm-hmm. you know? And yep. so I wouldn't trade that for all the information on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Necess- you know, like, yeah. so it's kind of like, it's, I think there's some something that you can't um you can't teach in that sense 100 percent true it's of yeah. course 100 percent true there there's something about the struggle there was something yeah, about dude. the struggle that blood sweat and tears that went into practicing it still happens today mm-hmm. i'm not negating that yeah i'm just saying right. human nature is attracted to structure what is it that you have that got you to where you are that i can pay for and have right. access to seriously and it's like yeah. Yeah. it's like no 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 no. it's not how it worked like i've been doing this for a long time like i i didn't just happen upon this and just like figure it out spring right. tension beater distance from the head right you, know what I mean? you can right. go down through the list it's like that would be nice if if there was something like that except for the fact that it would be a nightmare because everyone would be exactly the same and skilled <laughs> right. equally exactly right i mean so it's like, yep. I love the way you answered that. I like having this conversation because yeah. I wish that. Um, yeah. What do you think, man? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm 100% on board with you. Yeah. I, I, yep. Man, such an interesting because it's like I, I watch YouTube. So do I. I, I watch these videos, you know, like. Yeah. And we're um, both teachers. <laughs> I mean, all three of us yes. play drums. All three of us. Do what we're talking about, but I'm I'm saying right. we're, we're yeah. 15 years right. into drumming and we're doing that. Yeah. So imagine yeah. going back mm-hmm. to the very beginning and having that sort of structure and resource availability. It it, it would change the game for us. I mean, haven't have yeah. you guys had the moment where you have to stop learning or like watching other like trying new things like. Have you had that moment? It's never gonna happen. No, okay. Well, no. For, <laughs> it's never gonna for happen. For me, like I, I've had to, I've had to stop because I just will, will just keep watching oh. the new thing, and it's like, dude, I still yeah. can't play it fifty beats per minute <laughs> with like this triplet thing. Right. That right. you know, I was, I learned in high school. It's like, why can't you still just do why that? Why can't you do that? Why can't you do <laughs> this? Yeah. Um, just work. Yeah. I mean. So yeah, I guess that uh, that excess of information isn't always the best no that's true yeah that's a really good point 
No. Yeah. And it's funny, like, so Matt and I have talked about this before. We, we both started taking lessons for a very short amount of time. Matt stopped because he wasn't learning the things he wanted to learn <laughs> the way he wanted beats. to learn it. I stopped because I was afraid that, like, I was into pop, I was into hard rock and pop punk, yeah. and I was learning jazz. <laughs> Nothing against, like, I love, I love the, my teacher. Yeah. He was great. He set me up perfectly. He got me on a pad. Like, thank God for that. Taught me to start on a pad. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but I, I stopped because I didn't want it to influence my style. You know, so there's like all these different. You know, right. But I'm right there with you. Like, I don't know if I would change anything because I wouldn't be me. I wouldn't be the drummer I am. Yeah. If I was on Drumia nonstop for that, you know, the five core years of really learning I mean, drums, I guess you know? the case study here will be in 10 years, where will drumming be? Yeah. Because Drumio has created this environment in which there there's so much accessibility to content and resources from... I, I would imagine they're in the hundreds of instructors, right? There are definitely in the dozens. I don't know. Man. You go through yeah. the list of mm-hmm. teachers. I mean, it looks endless in the ads. Wow. And so you go through that and you say, okay, well, you can learn anything from anybody. All of those teachers have been teaching for a long time and practicing on their own. So everything they're bringing to the table, they've developed internally, and now they're giving to you. So that's information that you can then... Mm-hmm work into your own style so, so valuable. 10 years from now mm-hmm. are we going to have drummers that all sound like everybody else are we going to have drummers that sound like robots uh, i see what you're saying uh, it, it's, right it's, right w- mm. what's the trajectory of drumming because obviously drumio and just the culture of youtube is creating this environment where drumming is it's very easy to get into it's easy to learn beginner beats it's easy to learn yeah. how to one two three four eight nine ten right and right you and i didn't mm-hmm. we didn't really have that sense of structure we just sort yeah. of said okay i love drumming i don't know what the hell i'm doing that's let's <laughs> see yeah. where this goes you know yeah dude yeah and that that uniqueness that individual sound i mean everybody has influences and we all assimilate from those influences um even if you know, all we had was VHS tapes. It's like some drummer in our town, we wanted to sound like him, so we kind of played a little bit oh, like yeah. him. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But whenever when there's so much influence, it's like, what happens? Yeah. Yeah. I almost, I almost wonder if, like, because you're always going to have the Mike Mitchells, the... Yeah. You know the Mac Grinders. The, <laughs> yeah, these guys. So <laughs> no, dude, I'm serious. But like, <laughs> Thomas Bridges, Matt Garskis, Luke Collins. Yeah. There are so <laughs> many other names above the one you just chose. I mean, so many. No, man. But they don't have a website. They don't have right. a podcast a called Holy Ghost. Podcast. <laughs> Holy Ghost Notes. They don't have a drum, don't have a drum <laughs> podcast either. It's true. It's my one accolade. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I mean, it's 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 interesting. I think I think it's a conversation we should be having. I, I really think that those listening to this should seriously ask themselves, to your point earlier, like, what is it that someone could have told you earlier that might have saved you some grief it's okay to be me like yeah take out, what do you want to sound like yeah what what are you going to sound like like who do you want to be mm-hmm. i want to be aaron spears yeah. too but he already yeah. exists and i will never be yeah. able to play like him so i'm chasing the wind 
but I'm not actually chasing the win if I'm doing what is is right here that unfortunately I always feel like I need affirmation for. If you can't see where I'm pointing, it's to my heart. <laughs> it's He's not. It's not. It's there. not. It's not somewhere else. Okay, it's not. Um, yeah, but seriously, I mean, I, I took drum lessons because I wanted affirmation. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Like yeah. I wanted someone to tell me I was doing a good job. Seriously. And when I realized yeah. that no one was going mm-hmm. to tell me that, actually, in fact, people were going to tell me like, "You're playing weird like this. This isn't quite right. Why are you leading with your left foot?" I realized, wait a second. These people are playing a certain way. I'm already doing it this way, and it's sort of working. Let's see where it goes. I think I think we all need yeah. to take a serious look at that and just, in a weird way, sort of say, it's, it's okay to be playing like you are. If you're not hurting your wrists and your arms and your back and your legs, don't worry too much about the technique aspect. Yeah. Focus on it a little bit, but it's sort of like I was teaching a suit the other day, and the metaphor I gave was, it's good to know... It's good to know how to shift in a car, like sitting in a parking lot. Someone's teaching you how to use the clutch, first gear, second gear, third gear, fourth gear. That's great. That's important, actually. You're going to save your clutch. You're going to get through your gears efficiently. But if you never actually start the car and drive it, what the hell's the point? Right. And so technique is the gear shifting, the clutch movement. That stuff is important, but it's only Uh as important as... You starting That's the car good. and actually going to the grocery store. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah and totally. I, I wish someone would have told me that because I was so concerned about marching drummers who had like perfect technique. I was so yeah. concerned with like gospel drummers. It's always the style that you can't play that you're obsessed about <laughs> for some yeah. dumb yeah. reason. That's true. It's like, That's why? So true. Yeah. 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 Why do we do that? Dude, That's so true. I, no idea no idea <laughs> but it, it took i used to be a big a, a real technique head too just with my students until i started seeing all the greats that i love watching new guys coming up and their technique is garbage, garbage. <laughs> and, you know in the traditional sense why are you choked <laughs> up on the stick so high that right. makes no sense just like doing <laughs> this stuff like yeah <laughs> Yeah. Drums are at different angles that you know I would never tell a kid to put. Their symbols are way up yeah. here, <laughs> and they're just, just absolutely kidding. killing it, you yeah. know. And then mm-hmm. I think it has more to do with, um, you know, for them they were able to. There's there's a uh, an efficiency emotion like a stick bounces and it, it's going to go somewhere. There's a lot of guys that basically you can figure out how to ha- make that happen without. A few different ways, you know, like so. I think that's that's would be the most specific. You just want it to feel like this when you hit it. If it needs to have this reaction, but if you do that with your elbow or your, you know, underarm, okay, that's that's fine. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, obviously, you would be a great teacher because you're not. There's no smoke and mirrors with you. Um, this is Tim's question, but I'm going to ask it. What 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 do people what do people have to do, or ha- or how can people learn from you? What are you doing? Are you teaching right now? Do you have a website where your people can can sign up? Uh, I have a website with my contact info on it. It's JonathanThomasDrums.com. Uh, pretty self explanatory there, and uh, I, I can you know do FaceTime, Zoom lessons. Nice. Um, now that I figured out how to join a Zoom call, I can do Zoom lessons. Um, but yeah, or in person. Um, 
and that's that's pretty much it, man. Awesome. It's uh, yeah. And people could sign up I, on your website say, too. To every to. Um, no, I don't have that. Um, okay, they can email you. They can email me, okay. or, or my phone number's there. They can reach oh, out. Oh, nice. Okay. Directly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to everyone listening, like Jonathan is seriously the guy to take lessons from. I I actually reached out to you what like three years ago before my son was yeah, born. Right. Yes. I, I reached out to you. I was like, dude, I want to set up some lessons. Like it was like a few weeks later, found out my wife was pregnant. I was like, yeah. sorry, man. <laughs> not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. But I still, I still want to take lessons from you because, like, at this point, I didn't want to take lessons before. I, you know, I learned stuff myself, taught myself stuff. But then it was your drum parts that I was mm-hmm. trying to break down, and I, I didn't want to just know how to play them. I wanted to knew. I wanted to know. Why did you mm-hmm, write exactly. it this way? How did you write yeah, it this yeah. way? What was going through your head? You know, what techniques did you learn? Because my technique is terrible. So I was just like, if there's someone I want to learn from, it's Jonathan. And that's well, that's why you. you have a place in my top five because, like, the stuff you play, I still can't comprehend. I still don't fully get my head around mm-hmm. how you're doing that and why you're doing Dude, that, it, you know, where it's coming and from. And isn't that the funny thing, man? Like, it's all about what you hear. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you have full yeah. facility. I've seen your videos, dude. You can kill <laughs> yeah. it. Like you're a great player. <laughs> you have all the thank you. The, the all the elements facility. All the elements. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that's. I'm just not as good at drums. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. It's I have great all lights, fake. Great kit. Great it microphone. It's all fake. fake. I just can't play. <laughs> uh, have you heard of Beat Detective? Awesome. It is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Thank you so much Good for coming stuff, on our man. show, man. It's been it's dude. been a blast. Um, if if, if for you're a drummer me. and you're interested in lessons, please don't hesitate. I know that we poo poo on drum lessons, and because of that, I feel like we have some space to say take some from someone who takes it seriously and isn't just out to grab some money. Yeah, like just yeah. just take a couple. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take a ton. Take a couple. Make sure that you can you know work them into your playing. Um, and at the very least, we just hope you enjoyed this conversation we had with a good old pal. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It was awesome. Thank you so Appreciate much, man. You. Yeah. Thanks Blast. so much, dude. All right. <laughs> yeah. Take care. Okay, so I hope you guys enjoyed our episode, our time with Jonathan Thomas. He is, uh, as we said, a special guy. A lot of good things, um, uh, just just a lot of good insight. I remember seeing him play for the first time, uh, as we talked about in the episode. James from Life in Your Way told me I need to watch this guy. I was probably, I don't know, 20... It would have been 2007. So I was 22... Yeah, I was 22. I was young, young drummer, touring for two or three years. And I think he was the first guy that played like a gospel drummer, played those gospel chops, really linear fills. Mm-hmm. Long before I, I found 
out more about gospel chops and figured out how to play some of those orchestrations and stickings. And uh, as it turns out, you know, he, that's just his style. It's, it's not that he was like learning that from somebody else. It's his take on playing drums and playing mm-hmm. along with a band. Yep. And I guess I didn't really realize that until we talked about it in this episode. Um, yeah. So what were your takeaways from this episode, Tim? Well, I thought, um, I mean, I thought it was a great conversation. Uh, it wasn't just an interview. This was a, this was a conversation. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, very, uh, he's a very critical thinker I noticed, mm-hmm. which I've in all of my conversations with him, I never fully got that, but, um, he's a very critical thinker and I think, uh, his playing shows for it. You know, he's, he's got such skill on the kit and That's a good point. everything has a purpose. I know he was saying that, you know, he plays a lot of notes, but what I want to add to that is he plays the right notes. <laughs> you know, there's people that are really showy and just go off and do drum solos and drum solos. This guy plays a lot of notes tastefully. You know, it, it, what he plays is different and it's unique and it catches your attention, but it doesn't pull you away from the music. It, you know, it adds, it adds to, to the it. song. And that's yeah. and that's what's important. You know, like there's a lot of drummers out there that, like Matt said, you know, Jonathan's a drummer's drummer, but there's a lot of drummer's drummers. <laughs> I'm going to start having like a... <laughs> Cyclical conversation. Say, yeah, say, say with five yourself. times fast. Um, there's, a, <laughs> there's a lot of drummer's drummers that are too showy. You can't stick them behind a band, you know, because mm-hmm. they're not giving it's the a song big drum what it solo. needs. It's a big drum solo. It's just flashy and it's cool and it's hard to play and there's something impressive about it. But at the end of the day, they're not going to be able to play behind a band because mm-hmm. they don't know how to scale it back, how to play in that pocket. And the singer's like, "Where's the one? <laughs> yeah. I can't find the one. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. never hit the one yeah. with the kick drum. <laughs> is there even <laughs> a one? What is the number one? Uh, yeah, it, and he's not—he's not that drummer. So you know, it was cool. But I, I also really um, appreciated what he had to say about his faith, you know, and how he—he um, he opened up about, um, you know about how he approaches his faith. And I, I think that um, a lot of us listening can relate. I can relate. I was thinking like, maybe I have this word that I can't say, can't pronounce, whatever it was I said. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I have this because he was he was describing tendencies that I've had, you know? And um, so I think, yeah, I think he had a lot of good things to say. And I hope that you all um, learned a lot on the drum side, but also on the spiritual faith side, because I think, um, I think he had a lot of good to say on both, both topics. Hmm. So, yeah, it's cool to see someone who years ago was touring and we were, I don't know, we were sort of intersecting at Christian festivals and Mm -hmm. here and there. And just years later to catch up, we haven't talked in a decade and just within an hour, I feel like we caught up and I know him all over again maybe for the first time, really, we didn't really talk all that much before. Um, he, like you said, he's a critical thinker. Yeah. And I, I think my biggest takeaway is who you are as a person is inseparable from who you are as a drummer. And if you find that you're separating who you are as a person from who you are as a drummer, you're probably doing yourself a disservice in that 
that is what makes you a good drummer, not what disqualifies you from playing drums. Mm -hmm. The more, to his point, actually, the more you are okay with just being yourself, good and bad, pros and cons, quirks and all, that's the kind of look and skill and um, charisma that adds to your drumming and, and really amplifies your sound. Mm-hmm. And I think I think we need to think more about that. Yeah, it's not that you sit down at a kit and pick up a pair of sticks and say, "Okay, now I'm going to play." It's like, well, it's you're you're still you're still the same you that you were ten minutes before when mm-hmm. you were eating lunch and on the phone with your buddy. Like now right. you're just sitting down, and it's an extension of who you are. Yeah. And I I like the way that he talked about that. Um, he's he's a personable personality. I think many who will listen to this will relate to a lot of what he said. Yeah. And hopefully we'll be edified yeah. by the, the points that he made. Yeah, definitely. So um, if you guys haven't heard his music, definitely go check out Ascend the Hill. Um, you can check him out on Instagram at Jonathan Thomas Drums. Uh, he actually does, or I don't know if he does it now that he's has a new daughter, but um, for a while there he was actually doing Instagram Live drum lessons. Um, for anyone who wanted to hop on and they were free, uh, and they were incredible. I dropped, I jumped on a few. Um, so definitely check him out on Instagram, check out his website, jonathanthomasdrums.com. He's very reachable. So if you're interested in taking lessons, he is, you know, if you're interested, he'll, he'll reach back out. Um, so definitely, Mm -hmm. um, take him up on that. And, uh, I think the other band he was in was Civilian, which we didn't really talk about in the episode, but check their stuff out too, because it's actually really good. Um, and, uh, it shows his ability to really play in the pocket and give the song what it needs. So, so check out Ascend the Hill and Civilian at Jonathan Thomas Drums and, um, go give him a shout and definitely show him some love and let him know uh, what you thought of this episode. I know he'll appreciate it. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah. So I guess wrapping it up, we'll, uh, Matt, do you want to take a stab at <laughs> closing out the interview? Do you think you can do it? Uh, like the word that starts with P and ends with ease? No. All of our plugs, I don't know. We have to end the interview. It's okay. I can't I'll do, do that, man. Do I mean, we've only done like 33 episodes. This is only the 33rd episode. It's right. <laughs> well, you guys are probably, you probably already turned off this episode because you just, you know what we're going to say now. I was hoping to change it up, but. And you know Tim's going to say it. <laughs> and now you know I'm going to say it. Hey, we have a Patreon. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Holy Ghost Notes. It's really cool. <laughs> you can sign up for different tiers and there's incentives. One of them being access to mattgrinderlessons.com. <laughs> access to Adam Gray's lessons and our really awesome kick-ass community group, The Inner Circle. Check it out. That is uh, patreon.com slash Notes. Also, there's more. I couldn't hashtag, have said any of that, so I'm Hashtag glad Holy Ghost Notes. Hashtag Holy Ghost Notes because we post a group of the week every single week and uh, we love featuring your videos, so make sure you're posting drum videos on Instagram and using the hashtag Holy Ghost Notes. Pretty cool. If you guys have questions, concerns, anything comments, at all to say, comments, critiques, critiques want to get in touch with us, you can reach out Matt and Tim at theholyghostnotes.com or uh, if you want a quick response, 
which is probably what most of you want, reach out on Instagram. You'll hear back much faster. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we've been doing some really cool devotionals. If you haven't seen, uh, they're up on our website, theholyghostnotes.com. We're calling them Peace Devotions. And um, we are just finishing up Mark chapter 3. I think we just finished up Mark chapter 3. I think we're like 21 or 22 devotionals in. So uh, it's been awesome. Check that out. And that's all I got. Now it's my turn. Now it's your turn. Starts with P, ends with (laughs) E. Say it with me. (laughs) 